Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Emma from Emma Cresswell Personal Training out of Cardiff, Wales, UK. Welcome to the show, Emma. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks very much for having me on. Excited to have you here and to learn more about what you have going on over at your studio. But before we dive into the business side of things, give us a little bit of a background, brief background here as to what it was that made you decide to open up this fitness business. Uh, I've been a personal trainer for about 15 years and then lockdown hit uh, as it changed everybody's lives. It changed my literally took my business from under my feet. Uh, and so from there, I had to make a decision. Do I wait for gyms to open or do I build my own? And that's what I did. I built a gym at the bottom of my garden and now I work from home and people come to me. Okay. So, um, realistically kind of, it's been a journey for you, but now you get to do this in the comfort of your own space um so give us kind of an elevator pitch of your business who you are what services you have to provide really paint a picture for our listeners so they fully understand your business model emma okay i'm mainly face-to-face personal training one-to-one two-to-one small group training um i have elite athlete experience i have been an elite athlete myself um and i have I have trained everybody from weight loss, weight gain, um, health management, through to elite sports, through to uh, mental health gain as well. Um, and so that's basically where I uh, have my expertise. That's, that's where I, my bread and butter is. That's what I love doing. Um, so the, um, can, sorry, can I just stop a minute? Yeah, yeah. I've completely lost track of the question that you asked me. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, no worries. So let's, you know, I kind of want to talk about the services that you have to provide. And it sounds like it's mostly personal training. That's your bread and butter. That's what you really love um, to do at, um, you know, your uh, facility. So um, do you mentioned in there that you also offer a small group? What does that look like? How many clients would you train at one for in at once for a small group session? The small group is because it's based in my gym. My gym is a private facility. So therefore it's not the size of your standard, um, gym facility. So therefore the most I could comfortably get in my, uh, gym would be four people at one time. Um, I've had six in there before, but I'm not comfortable doing that. I don't think it's safe. So four people uh, is a maximum I have. The type of training that I do is strength and conditioning based. So it's all, you know, I've got um, a squat rack with a barbell up to 140. I've got dumbbells that go straight up to like 50K. I've got a full set of kettlebells. So it's all um, strength and conditioning based. um, And it's a really good way to get more people in to your gym in one 
hour than than the, you know than the one-to-one face-to-face training and sometimes it's better because then they have people to train with as well and having that camaraderie and having someone stood next to you that's not a personal trainer can be a little bit more motivating than just you on your own training with someone shouting down your throat you know make sure you do that squat go for more reps you know the usual stuff um so yeah so for sure i think that the small group side of things is a smart business decision because you know there's only about 12 ish hours in a day that we can train clients and so if we um are able to serve more people in one hour it's easier for us to scale our business we can serve more people at one time help more people and i know for most people like for you it motivates you to help change people's lives so you can change more lives if we yeah definitely semi-private kind of that that small group stuff and Um, it offers them the the peace of mind that they're not going to be in an intimidating environment which can be the main reason why people don't start training Um, but also then they'll have other people to learn off as well so they may you know not understand a move properly and they'll see someone else doing it and the way that they see them, it will allow them to do it properly next time, you know? So there's, there's all sorts of little different parts of the small group training that is, are better than doing a class-based or having a one-to-one PT. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And off-air, you kind of mentioned to me too that you do some, um, some online, some Zoom stuff. So kind of talk to us about what that looks like. Uh, yeah, so Zoom, I, I you know, before... The day of lockdown i didn't even know what zoom was um i had no idea it took me four days to get to switch my business from face-to-face pt to full-time zoom training so it, it was a massive shock but it was a it was a steep learning curve um and it was great I, I really enjoyed it um i now have clients you know i've got a couple of clients in london and some in uh, europe as well um so Whereas before lockdown, it was all face to face. Now I'm hitting people in different countries, um, which is great. And the majority of the time is in their home uh, environment. Um, So it's really easy for me to do what would be a normal one-to-one PT session um, while they're at home in wherever they are, Luxembourg or London or wherever. Um, so yeah, so that, that was Zoom with the online training again. It's something that I'd never even considered that I would do. Um, but now it's something that is kind of growing slowly in the background. Um, and it's, it's really only the, um, the only space that I have left to grow now from where I am as a PT. Yeah, um, so it sounds like, you know, you're still meeting with them over Zoom. Have you ever considered the idea of kind of building out programs for them to follow maybe with videos and whatnot so that you don't have to physically um meet with a client each time they train over zoom yeah so i've got the 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 clientele that i've got already i know wouldn't work with that it's not something that they want to just follow a recording i think by um, recording some of the classes that I've done over Zoom, that's the kind of thing that going forwards would would work better with um, clients that way. So you can I can record a class that I'm doing with live, uh, and then replay that and use that. But when people are paying you for one to one, they're not just paying to be told what to do; they're paying for you to be there with them. So right. as much as I understand that, and I you know I get that. Yes, yes is the answer. It's a great idea. Uh, for people who are keen to 
go online that way. But for people who want one-to-one -one training, um, then it's not it's not just a person on the other end of the screen telling them what to do. They want they want yeah they want someone there. They want someone there telling them what to do. They want company while they're training. They want to make sure that they're getting feedback as they're doing it. You know, it's a different service. I mean, I would yeah. say one-to-one -one training um, via Zoom is completely different than offering programs and services online. The only reason I ask is because when we offer programs and services online, that's very, very scalable and it doesn't require a ton of time and effort on our side. Um, so it's great supplementary income to the personal training side of things. But if that's not really a route that you're looking to go, go down, that's totally fine. Um, Next question that I have for you here, Emma, is kind of talk to us about your clients. How many clients are you training right now? Uh, right. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many clients I'm training, but in terms of how many hours a week. Um, so I have different clients. I've, my oldest client is 75. Um, he started training when I was 69 and he'd never done any strength training before in his life. Uh, he was done some running um, and he loves running. Uh, and now his favorite type of training is the sessions that we have uh, twice a week. And like, he couldn't do a single press up when he came to me and he's now doing like 30 press ups and he's getting older and older and he's not getting any less fit. He's getting stronger and stronger. It's great. He couldn't even get out of his sofa without using his hands before he started training with me. But now he's literally doing like full depth squats and squat jumps and high step ups and, you know, all sorts. So it goes from that end of the scale, um, to I've got a GB powerlifter who trains with me. Um, I've got, you know, I've got a whole range of different needs. Obviously, weight loss is the majority of these clients because I think that's the majority of um, training um, that, Peter, that personal trainers take on. Um, but yeah, I have, a, I have a wide variety of individual clients. Yeah. So how does the membership piece work? Do they pay for a pack of sessions? Do they pay every time they come in? Um, do they pay monthly? What does that look like um, within your studio? Yeah. So they have, the, the, there's different options really, but to be honest, I do prefer the old school way of paying um, for blocks of training. Um, I have people who pay me monthly if that's how they prefer to do it, but if if they don't have a preference then I go with blocks and that's personally from my point of view uh, in my mental health side of things because um, I find that if I'm um, if I'm restricted in terms of th the reason why I got into personal training in the first place the reason why I went self-employed in the first place was to have control over my own work my own week my own life uh, and that was mainly for my own mental health so I now have control. So if there's a time of the, the week, you know, that I'm struggling and I have, you know, I'm, I'm having an anxious day and I just need to retreat, then I have control over whether or not I can just ease off on the training or whether or um, so I can just sort of cancel sessions within time without having to pay some sort of forfeit. Um, in terms of if they're paying monthly, then they'll miss, they're missing out on what they get. If they pay by block and they don't have the session, they haven't lost anything. So in terms of how they they pay that that's my personal reason of why i prefer the old school um having said that if people want to pay monthly that's absolutely fine we we go with that monthly is obviously easier um because it's easier to keep track of of who's paid who hasn't where they're coming from that side of things um but um 
like I say, the people who pay per block, they don't lose anything if they lose their sessions and they don't lose anything if I can't make that session. Yeah, I mean, for our clients, it, it seems kind of good to them. When we do blocking, though, the only reason that personally for me, it's not my favorite thing is when we block sessions, we're kind of doing our clients a disservice since they can use the sessions however they want. And if somebody has a super specific goal and they need to come into the gym like two times per week, they, or they need you to train them two times per week, like there's nothing really holding them accountable to, to doing that other than you, you know, you can text them, you can call them, but they can use them however they want. The reason why I like monthly is because they're paying for it. They know that they're going to use it. Um, they know that um, I have to pay for this every month, so I have to use it. And two, for you, it's guaranteed revenue coming into your business every month. So it gives you more stability that way. Um, so that's kind of like why I like it. Um, what percentage of your clients would you say are kind of on the, the packs versus the monthly? Uh, I'd say it's a 90% are on the packs currently okay. monthly. Um, yeah, they have, they have a three-month um, expiry date on the sessions that they buy. So they do have a time limit to it. Um, and the other side of it is they do have me to answer to if they cancel. Um, that's, that's where I, you know, I'm more of a personal trainer than a business owner on that, on that side of it. And, you know, if they cancel and I can see they're slipping, then it's me that's, I, I'm in control of every one of my clients. So I know exactly where they are. I know what, you know, whether they are putting the effort in. I know when, you know, you, you know, when they're canceling, whether it's a genuine reason or not. Um, you can tell. And so you can, you can add in your own, uh, what's the word, advice side of things as to motivational speaking, uh, motivational interviewing for them to get them back into their training. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely, you know, in terms of a gym and you don't have that control over your clients so much because you have more members then you know, the monthly side of it and it is going to work better because it, that's the motivation that's going to keep them going without someone saying it. But when you're in, you know, in my position where it literally, I do have, I have knowledge of exactly where my clients are in terms of their sessions, what their goals are, you know, I, I'm in charge of their programming, everything. When they, if they miss a session, then, you know, I'm the one that knows about it. So um, for me personally, as a personal trainer, I find that I don't have a problem with people who, who don't take their sessions in time. Um, you know, so it takes that out of it. That's, that's, that's why I, you know, and it is personal. I know it's totally personal to me in terms of what I do for a living, as opposed to, you know, if I was running a business with a gym, I'd absolutely do it the other way. But for me, uh, you know, like I say, because I am a personal trainer, that is my main income. Um, it allows me to have control over my life. Um, like I say, you know, mental health is a massive part of it. And I've been able to recognize that um, being put into situations that I don't have control of can have a negative effect on my mental health. And so by having that control allows me to feel much more comfortable and therefore I'm a better personal trainer for it. So for me personally, that's why the block sessions works. Okay. Okay. Um, and so next question that I have for you here is, you know, is your schedule pretty much booked out right now? Like, are you super full in the point where like you're not looking to take on new clients? Yeah, I, I do not advertise. I haven't advertised for a long time. Um, if somebody wants to get, uh, wants some training, then I can, um, 
I can organize a, a consultation, which every client gets free of charge, obviously. Um, and uh, I can do that. And if, if I can find a spot to fit them in, but right now, if you were to ask me if I had a spare session to start a new client, I, I don't know where I would fit them in. So um, I think it's a result of pre-lockdown. I, I was working out of a gym. I had other people working for me. Um, I built a business up over, you know, 10 years um, and you get a following, you get, you know, the, the, the recommendations. So I have that, I had that following, uh, taking it into lockdown, unfortunately, because obviously it went dropped down to me. I've got all these clients that I had before I, I had with other, with other PTs right. Right. and have scaled back to there. And now I'm still having this full, full client base. So yeah, so I'm at the point, you know, in September, I don't know if this is the same for, for, for where you are, but it's September over here. Summer holidays are finished. Uh, kids are back at school. Everybody's back to normal routine. All of a sudden, September is like a mini January. Uh, so everybody wants to restart. So right now I am at full capacity. Okay. And so since your schedule is booked, you're pretty full, like talk to us about what you see the future of your business looking like. Is it, is there any big goals that you're working towards or are you just kind of happy where you're at? So I am, I am happy where I'm at. And if, and if this is my, my lot until I retire, then I've had a pretty good time. And I, you know, I have great clients and I love everybody that I train. So I, I can't, I will ne never complain about what I do and, you know, the hours that I work and that sort of side of things. Um, having said that, I'm, I'm like at a, a position where I need to make a decision of whether or not I now start clawing back on the face-to-face -face training to allow me more time to develop the online side of it uh, because I know the online side of it will give me more freedom in the long run um, and so you know it, it's it's the, the work that you put in pre-payment to allow you to then scale it up and get the the payment after you've built that online program online package um, so it's yeah so that's I'm at a crossroads at the moment right now as to whether or not I spend more time building on the online or whether I sit and just stay at this level uh, as a face-to-face as a -face PT. Um, yeah. if, you were yeah. to grow, if you were to grow in the online space, what would that look like for you? Like what, what do you see that looking like? Um, well, as in who would I, who would be my market? Yeah, I mean, right now, it sounds like you're doing Zoom classes, and, and with Zoom classes, very similar to, um, you know, training clients in person, there's only so many hours in a day that we can do yeah. that. So it, with Zoom, that is also like, it's only scalable to a certain point. So like, what do you see your presence online looking like? Uh, right, sorry, yeah. So with the Zoom side of it, it's always been... Uh, uh, sorry, I, I did do Zoom classes through lockdown, um, mm -hmm. but then from there onwards, um, when when lockdown, when we, the gyms reopened, then the only Zoom that I do from now on onwards is the one-to-one -one, uh, training. So it is basically face-to-face -face training, but it's just through Zoom. Um, so if in terms of online training, what I'm talking about is uh, online programming in terms of diet plans, uh, you know, and um, exercise plans and things like that. Um, so if I was to build that side of it, um, it's, it's doing, you know, how you said about recording the Zoom sessions, 
Um, it's building a package that allows people to, you know, buy into that right. package and for me to scale up that way. That's, that's the, that's the point where I'm at now. Do I, do I start working towards doing that? Do I start putting the programming together, the, um, and the diet plans and putting all the advice behind it, videoing, you know, um, different information that people uh, are going to find helpful and interesting that I can just do, like you say, as a video and then, you know, attach that to the program that they get. So that, you know, when they get onto the, the, their apps with the programming, you know, they go through their schedule that everybody gets the same advice um that is the best advice that i can give recorded um yep. so yeah so it's that side of things it's, it's, it's that side of things that i need to decide whether i want to build up on um on the yeah and i think like you know that's going to take a little bit of time to build right um it will take a little bit of time away from what you do with your clients day to day in person but once you get it going and you have systems built and stuff, this can kind of run it's on its own. You know, you'll have to plug in some check-in times and things like that. Um, but when we grow online in that sense, it's truly endlessly scalable and it can create a lot of freedom in our life because we can help a ton of people without it costing us a ton of time. And you and I both know that time is the most precious thing um, that we have. Uh, so you know, if you were to kind of spend a little bit of time building that out, what kind of um, what kind of freedom would that give you in your life and in your business? Well, I don't think I would ever stop doing the face-to-face, one-to-one, or you right. know, small, small group stuff. So um, it would, you know, it would allow me to spend more time with my family, and that's the one thing. That's the one thing that I would say is missing right now is that my family are um, a few hours away from me and I so I don't get to see them very often that that's the thing that's the, that's the difference in terms of money it's not something that is is driving me you know the, the amount of money that you can earn from online and scalability that's why is not something that drives me to make me want to do it because I know that my um, personal satisfaction my job satisfaction is not driven by the money side of it as long you know i don't get me wrong I, I need to earn a living and i like to earn a good living and and that's where i'm at at the moment um but in terms of freedom uh, of, of of time that's the thing that is drawing me towards doing that you know and i'm and i've had a successful career today i've i've um you know i've helped a lot of people and i would say that you know and maybe this is a little bit arrogant of me to say it but i am one of the better female personal trainers that i know in this area um, so I know that I can do this job well. And so I feel that if I can pass that on to online, um, you know, my knowledge as a face-to-face trainer, if I can pass that on to online, then, then it would be worth it for me, you know, because then I would get that job satisfaction. Um, plus I'd get the extra time to, you know, spend doing the other side of, you know, the life, the, the stuff away from work that I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think like we don't always have to be motivated by money. Um, for for most gym owners, they're either somebody who is motivated by money or somebody that's motivated by helping a ton of people. And so I know 
I'm more so that second person. I love to be able to help as many people as possible. And so that's why I've kind of made adjustments to my business. And it sounds like that's kind of what, where you're at. Like right now, you're capped out in terms of how many people you can help. So you have to kind of think about, okay, well, what can I do to be able to help more people? And that's when the online space makes sense because, you know, there's only 12 hours in a day that we can work. So um, makes perfect sense to me. Um, and last question I have for you is what's a word of advice that you wish somebody had shared with you when you first got started in the industry, when you first got started personal training, um, what's something that you wish somebody had told you? Uh, I think that the best advice is if you want to do personal training and you really want to do it, then you do it for you. Don't, don't worry about what people are doing around you. Don't think, oh, I need to do what they're doing or anything like that. It's do what you can do, do what you want to do, do it because you want to do it. Not because you think, well, they're doing it because I want to do it. So therefore I should be doing it. Um, you know, if you want to help people, uh, be endurance athletes, then you do that. If you want to help people be strong, then you help them. Um, don't forget that like your experience is unique to you right. and other people will always be able to benefit from your personal experience. That is a very, very great pointer to end the show with. Thank you, Emma, for sharing that. And what is the Facebook page or the Instagram page for your business? Where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you have to offer? Okay, my Instagram page is at PT underscore Cardiff. Easy enough to find. I appreciate yeah. you being here today. Thanks for sharing your insight. And listen. That's great. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Jim Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Chad from Heflin Fitness and Lineville Fitness in Heflin, Alabama. What's up, Chad? How are you today? Very good. I'm doing great. Hope awesome. everybody out there is too. Yes, glad to hear it. All right, so let's jump right into the details here without wasting any time. What is it that made you want to own your own gyms? How did you get started? What's the backstory there? Well, I was working for a company called um, um, Southwire that did um, everything from RV type cable to all the way to high voltage wire. Um, been with them for about 10 years. My, my background is in business and I just always wanted to own my own business. Um, racking my brains he just wanted to go uh I, I thought about the restaurant route things like that at the time i was really big in the in working out um and and i have been all my life i went in the military early um on through that just working out was always a a, a, a focus 
in a, in a centralization in my life. So, um, but never thought of it as a business. Um, I, I never owned a gym. I mean, I never, I never joined a gym before now. We live out, I mean, where I live, it's pretty rural. Um, so where I grew up, um, if we worked out, it was, you know, we lifted rocks or, or we, I had a, a neighbor that would make his own plates. He had a dad that was a, a welder and he would cut us um, plates to lift and, and things like that. So it, I never, other than the military, I was never a, a, a part of a, a structured gym to say. So I, I saw the need in the community for that um, and um, opened that up. I was still working with Southwire at the time when I opened, it took off pretty quick because there was no, you know, um, there was nothing here before and and the community just welcomed it. And um, so we, we took off pretty pretty fast. I was able to transition from Southwire, just solely um, concentrate on the gym. I ended up um, going in partners with another guy in Jacksonville, Alabama, and we opened up a, a gym. He'd been in the he had been in the business since the eighties. Um, so he's still kind of my mentor. Um, but we opened that up It's a college town. The demographic was a lot different than what we experienced when I opened up my gym in, in Heflin. So just, just with the writings on the wall and things, um, at the time there was another gym, uh, uh, another big gym coming in the area. We decided to kind of just dismantle that, that gym. And I ended up, going into Lineville, um, another um, a, a, a neighboring county of, of where we are now, and the demographics very similar. There was no competition there, so opened up another one and replicated what I did um, with Heflin Fitness. Got it. So okay. That's kind of how I got started with that. Okay. So they both have the same model, the two gyms that you currently have? Yes, um, the the uh, the model's the same. the The square footage is different, just just because of luck getting um, in the area. I was able um, to get a building that used to be an old Dollar General store and liable and re redo it, remodel it into a gym. So I've got about nine thousand square foot there to where the gym that I initially opened in, in Heflin is only about three three thousand, maybe thirty five hundred square foot. Okay. So I, I've got a lot more space for a lot more equipment in the Warren Liable, but the, the idea is the same. They're 24 seven. Um, you, you, we, we use Zen planner as the billing company. We used to use AAC, but I think they were, they were bought out by Zen planner. Um, saying that we just, you know, just replicated. It's just, you got a little more options and we allow our, our, our count. We're in two separate counties, but some of our members live kind of in right in between. Um, so we allow both members to use, you know, either gym, um, okay. in that aspect, their key card entry 24 seven, um, like that it's, we, I've experimented a little bit with, you know, group classes, training, things like that. But for this area, sadly, Alabama, um, especially in this area, it, it, that has never just taken it. it it's, it's a, it's a sign up draw. Like it's, it's a, um, it's, uh, it, it grabs your attention at first, but the people who stick with it, 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 it doesn't make any money, sadly. And okay. That I've seen, you know, in, mm -hmm. in my. So. so, 
as far as membership goes at each location, how many members are you currently serving at each location? At each location, we, we average and it, it goes down and up. It's, it's seasonal, um, but we'll peak out at probably 230 in Lineville and go down to maybe 195 contracts. Now there may be two or three people on a contract. There may be one person on a contract. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I'd, I'd estimate close to 400 people in Lineville. Um, Heflin, the demographic is is different because there's not as many um, younger people coming in to work industry jobs and things like that. So our clientele is pretty much there. I mean, it's already uh, we've we've reached the the average, and it it, ha- it there's no influx of new people, so it it kind of floats around 200 members. Um, or 200 contracts there, it may get up to, I don't know, um, 215 and I, you know, on a good year Mm -hmm. in the last 10 years. So, um, but, but it's very seasonal too. I've noticed that. Um, um, and, and I, for some weird reason, um, just talking with other gym owners and things, definitely the beach time, it, it, structure around that um and well first off new year's it used to be you know new year's is the the day you know ground zero we're starting let's go get a membership kind of thing that's kind of shifted here to where um and i I have no numbers to support this or data to support this but i kind of think it goes off the football schedules and the partying schedules after um, it used to be New Year's, now it's more towards February, maybe the middle of February. I get a big jump in memberships, uh-huh. and I think the people that are you know are active and they're they're going to these functions, they're going to football games and things like that. They're waiting till that day, you know, till till they join a the gym. Actually, um, then again, I get I see another influx around beach time, um, early March uh-huh. to April. Um, and then I'll, it, then it, it kind of, it, it kind of levels out until late September. Um, and then it starts picking back up. And again, I kind of relate that to maybe school coming back in football. People are getting more organized and getting yeah, their the routines. back on right. right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they're, they're, you know, they're, con- they're, you know, they're trying to do good, <laughs> I would say. And, right. And trying to, um, so th- those are the, the three seasonal times that I see peaks in our gym memberships. Okay, and are you actively marketing and advertising to get the word out there about the gyms to let people know that you're there? No, and, and I'll tell you why that, because I'm so local. Um, we've tried some of the things in the past, but we don't do like a day membership or anything. It's more, you know, it's, it's more like a club. So, um, it, it doesn't, I, I'll try, I'll, I'll advertise locally and, and for like school things, um, football games, things like that. I'll do advertisement, maybe even with the local grocery stores, but as far as radio or, or TV or anything like that, there's, I don't think that would serve my, you know, I, I don't think that would no, serve my No, I mean, not, I'm not referring to radio or TV or anything of that nature, but any type of like, Specifically targeted advertising through social media, for example. Oh, now we will, we do things on social media, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's okay. the main platform. 
We don't, um, and, and a lot of that is just because it's free. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy, it's free. You can, you can, you can do it daily, um, keep, you know, your mind. The biggest marketing that I've seen is referrals, people referrals for, for what I'm doing. Um, you have a buddy, you come, you, you bring him and, and he gets, you, you might get a $30 gift card. I've done a program like that or, or um, they may get a 20, you know, they might sign up for, you know, no sign up fee if they, if, if they're referred by somebody. Um, that kind of grows, I think that kind of harbors your, um, your clientele and it kind of keeps a, you know, a, a good base. Um, I tell people all this, uh, I tell people this all the time. I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Um, especially in the gym business, you know, in, in what I'm doing there, because I'd rather have four good paying clients than a hundred, than a hundred people that come in and mess up the gym and, and yeah. take care of stuff and, and things like that. So on a business standpoint, it, it really helps me to get those referrals because I, I feel like they're like-minded people mm -hmm. and they're going to take care of stuff. Um, and you know, you, you I, I feel like they're going to be with it longer. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you can work with less people if it makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, right. you I can work with less people if your bills are still paid and you can still keep your doors open, right? Right, right. Otherwise- That's the approach I kind of took, especially with Heflin because of the size of the gym, the, the yeah. physical size, is make it more exclusive, mm -hmm. but nicer and, and be a place, um, there's still a, a big stigma around this, this area with women and working out, you know, they don't feel comfortable working out in front of guys or, you know, I've had guys say they don't, you know, so things like that, if you, if I, I figured, well, if, if they don't like that, let's make it more exclusive to where it's more like a club membership and raise mm -hmm. the rates a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of, that weeds out the people that, you know, maybe, other people wouldn't feel comfortable working out around, mm -hmm. you know, like that. Right. So, so, I mean, are you in a position where you are actively trying to grow the membership or you're satisfied with the numbers that you have? I'm, I'm at this point, I've got, I've got so many irons in the fire. <laughs> I'm satisfied with, I couldn't, I couldn't handle anymore really. Um, it's, you know, um, the way I have it now, I'm, I'm, probably uh, I'm the Republican candidate for um, our house representative seat in this area. So I own a convenience store too. So I'm just spread out a lot. So at, at, at the moment, it's about all I can handle and it, and it does well. It's, you know, it's, it's successful and I, and I'm happy with it. And it's, it's my baby, you know, it's like, um, I want it, I want it to be, you know, in my mind, I, I want it to be appreciated from the community. Um, and and I, th I think when you sell yourself, and, and I, I don't know if y'all have ever referenced this guy or not, but uh, uh, is it Bedros Koulian or uh, the, the guy from California? I've read some of his stuff, listened to some of his stuff on YouTube. And, and, and one of the things that he, you know, made a lot of sense to me is, is do not discount your product. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've tried to do with, um, with this is just, it, it, I don't give discounts. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, when you, when you look at it as far as your health wise, 
what we do, our membership's $40 a month for the first person. I tailor that to um, families. So if you have a family add-on after that, it's $10 for each family member. So it gives the family a break, but it, it makes it a little bit tougher on a single 22-year-old that's coming in there that I've, from my experience, they're the ones that are kind of leaving the weights out. They're the ones, you know, mm-hmm. playing the music too loud. Cause we, I still allow people to play, you know, music off the Bluetooth and, and stuff like that. So I try to tailor to families, but saying that it, it, it builds that, um, that cohesive, you know, family atmosphere. And, um, but I don't want to discount, like, like, like I said, I don't want to discount and, and do a, 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 a new year sale. Hey, come get a membership for twenty dollars because I, I feel no. like that's, a, a, you know, I feel like that's a. It starts people out for failure. Um, mm-hmm. like forty dollars a month. This, you know, it works out to be about a dollar twenty-five twenty-five cents a day for that. If if you only have the one person, and mm-hmm. to me, for your health, that's that's nothing. You know, we, we, you buy a Coke for a dollar fifty now, a can of Coke. So yeah, if you right. can't. If you can't set aside a dollar, you know, twenty or dollar twenty-five, where it is, to get a gym membership, then you're probably not motivated to right. go long-term anyway. Right. Um, so I guess my question for you is: Is that in your mind that you would have to discount your membership in order to advertise to get more clients? No. Well, um, I, I feel like that that that's what people expect by the market that. The, the type of marketing that they expect me to do, especially when, when I, when I get people that are coming in from out of town and they're moving into this area, they're like, Hey, do you have any discounts going? Are you having any promotions going? And I'm like, no, we don't. And because we don't. And, and I don't, if I'm not going to do that for that, I, you know, I'm not going to do that seasonal either mm-hmm. because I, I feel like there's too many things in the health industry that I've seen that are, are, um, quick fixes and just, and, and, and people jump on that because it's a fad. It's fun. It's hot at the moment, like hot yoga. Woo. Let's do it. You know, and it is fun and it keeps people, you know, motivated. And I, and I see the, the benefit of that, but mm-hmm. also in what I'm doing, I'm going long-term in my mind. And, and I want the people to realize that if this is an adventure that you're going to go on and you're making a lifestyle change, Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to happen in two months. You're not going to reach a peak goal in two months and say, I'm done. You know, I've got a body of a Spartan now. I'm, I'm through. I don't need the gym anymore. Mm-hmm. It's an ongoing, you know, till, till we die is the way I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I'm- absolutely. Um, and I agree, you know, so I used to have a kickboxing gym and I scaled it to a hundred thousand dollars a month. Uh-huh. And the way that I did that was not through low barrier offers. Right. It was through high ticket front end offers. Exactly. Right? So we, we built exclusiveness to that. Right. And and I'm talking about six hundred dollars up front. Right. 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 So high ticket front end offers. And then rolling them into long term memberships from there. You know, so yeah. Yes. As yeah. a gym owner, regardless of how the people walk in the door, whether they walk in the door on a free class trial, which I don't like, um, whether they walk in the door on a paid trial, whether they just come in off the street, 
you know, it's our job to build the value of what it is that we provide and let people know that this is something you have to do long-term, right? You can't just come in for a week and expect to get to where you want to be and then be able to stop, right? It's like, we have to, regardless of how they come in the doors, we have to convey that message to them that, hey, this is something that you have to continue doing for the rest of your life, (laughs) you know? And as- There's maybe 2% of the world that don't have to do that. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) But even so, right? Even as far as- They need to, they should do it. Yeah, Yeah. even as far as other benefits, you know, whether it be um, mentally or just as a release or, you know, there's so many other things that play into it. Stress relief is a huge benefit, you know? but yeah, I mean, it's it's up to us to convey that message that, hey, this isn't something that you can just do for a few weeks, right? This is something you have to continually do, something that you have to stick to. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, I think that that's important to keep in mind, regardless of how they come in the doors, um, that, you know, we have to have that conversation with them that, hey... You can't just do this for a few weeks. We got to commit to a long-term goal here. Right. And, and, you know, people come to you for advice all the time. And I tell people, you know, I've I've been on this journey. I'm 44. I started really working out when I was 12, 13 years old um, Mm -hmm. for sports. And I took maybe a, you know, a three-year hiatus um, after I got out of the military and started working. I, I, I didn't do anything. And, and, but saying that, I tell people all the time, my body about every 10 years changes and, and I, I hit plateaus and, and I have to figure out, you know, what, what am I doing wrong or what, you know, what I, what do I need to change? And it is a continuous mm-hmm. reprogram. It's a continuous adjustment of your diet. If you want to eat, look a certain way or, 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 or keep from injury. And, and there's different, I think people, you know, they, I think the general public, come in for the aesthetic parts of it. Hey, I want to look better. Uh Um, But there's so much more to, you know, feeling better, being, just being healthy, um, being functional. I've I've learned, you know, all the years I lifted heavy. Now I'm 44. Golly, my joints, you know, I'm I'm Uh getting up. My wife is making fun of me walking to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, I'm not walking. I'm kind of like hunched over and, you know, going. So I'm changing. That's when I'm, at a, at a cross points now, I'm, you know, I'm trying to change my strategy towards functional and, and being more flexible, things, things like right. that. Um, so it is a continuous journey. It's not a, it's not a, you know, three month fad or, Hey, right. I lost. And, and people, I see that a lot, you know, they'll, they'll come in. I see it now more um, in the last two or three years, I guess, because of the, um, they'll have surgery or, or some of these diets are working better than mm-hmm. what they are. And they'll lose, maybe they were morbidly obese and they lose 150 pounds and they're coming in after that and they want to start working out because they feel, and that's fine. And, but then they hit a plateau there and it's just like a, and they, they, they'll quit, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to, they'll cancel a membership or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's sad. It's sad to me, you know, because I, I know it's just going to take about another two years for them to get back up to where they were, whether they've had that surgery or, or whatever, you know, your, your body will, 
you'll get those calories in some way and your body's going to grow the way it's going to grow. Um, so it, that to me, it, it, I just, I wish there was a way to relate that to people. And I think that goes back to education in, in our school system. Um, um, especially people that are over my age, 40, they didn't teach them the things they taught us and it, they were even learning when they were teaching us, but, and things are changing, but mm-hmm. I, my mother-in-law's idea of, you know, going on a diet, is just not eating for, you know, days. And we're like, no, you know, you right. Can't do that. <laughs> right. So, um, but the whole mentality, you've got to change, you know, and, and the masses have got to understand it's, you know, it's a daily routine and you're not going to be perfect. I I'm, I'm overweight right now with, because I've, I've kind of just been so busy. I hadn't been able to get back in there. My diet, I'm on the road a lot. So my diet, but I know I'm, I'm conscious enough and I'm disciplined enough that in, in, in about two months, I can return to back where I was and, uh-huh. and be close, you know, if not. And, and, and a lot of people just don't understand that's how it does. They're like, Oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm in shape. I'm done. Right. You know? <laughs> And, not so much but, no no <laughs> you gotta maintain right and, yeah and lucky luckily i had a lot of mentors um uh, going through you know growing up and stuff that would instill with me had a guy i was in the navy with um he was he he had a lot of you know genetic traits or so he was just a really built guy and, and everything but he told me you know, we'd work out together and he told me he said it's not you know building is is one thing but maintaining is different and he said you can maintain a lot easier than you can and so you know you you Uh reach that point where you don't have to you know kill yourself every day in the gym but you still need to do something and move and and uh, yeah and and train too so right yeah absolutely it's kind of cool you know when you do get to that point where you only have to work out like a half an hour twice a week or so you know to maintain where you are right um, right, right yeah it, it doesn't yeah. always have to be and obviously like everybody genetically is a little bit different so it's a little bit easier for for some people but i mean once you really get to that point and you know there's a lot there's a, a huge process is learning about your own body right and how certain things affect your body in particular and you know once you figure out those things it's like you can kind of play the game almost like okay i can slip up a little bit here and i know it's not going to make a huge difference and i can get a couple workouts in and we're still going to be good and you know but it takes a while and um you know it changes as you get older too your metabolism changes a little bit and and so then that that one piece of pizza that you could have on saturday night might affect you a little bit more than right Right. 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and, uh, and, and that's another thing that I, I figured out early on, um, especially in the Navy, because it was so easy to see like rank and, and things. And you, you knew who was in charge mm-hmm. all the time, just the clothes they wore because we wore, you know, um, often I would see people that didn't know that weren't, were not familiar with like, say my my little um uh group or i I forget what they called us uh uh, magazine group whatever our workers if they didn't know who was in charge right off if they didn't know us they would go to the most physically in shape person or the biggest person 
un, un, unconsciously. Right. And I saw that. And, and we do that all the time. And, and, and people, I don't believe, realize the benefits of just working out and staying fit in, in, in a social aspect, in a business aspect, um, going into interviews. If, if you know, you, you look like you have control of your body, then that pretty much, you know, you've got things under, you know, right. I would say you're pretty level headed if you can control your eating habits and your workout habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good foundation in my mind as a, as an interviewer, I would, you know, Hey, you know, you're on the right track, you know, mm-hmm. your kind of thing. And I wish I could relay that to everybody in the world, right. you know, just yeah. like that, that, right. that helps tremendously. Um, but anyway, but there's, there's a lot of things that (laughs) we can work out. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Uh, now as far as your goals within the gyms, where are you planning on taking these? Are you eventually looking to sell them? Are you looking to just kind of keep them long-term and just let them run and do their thing? What does that look like for you? Well, like I said, they're my babies and, and, and it's hard to turn them over. But but saying that, being you know, the the direction I'm going right now, we my wife and I have discussed selling and and the you know just the options. What is our best route? Um, had I've had offers already, and I can't let it. I, at this point, I just can't let it go. Uh, I don't foresee myself. Two years ago, I was thinking about opening two more, finding mm-hmm. you know two similar demographics within um, a. A, a close proximity that I can manage maybe, but, um, at the moment, I just gonna let them try to, to go as they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way I set them up, they're, they're pretty well maintained. Um, as far as uh, we've got cleaners that come in and clean things like that. So really the only human aspect of it is meeting the initial sign up, um, things like that. The other, I, I let people train for the gym and I let them take on clientele. The, the only thing they, they, the clients have to be a member of the gym is the way I go and they have to carry their own insurance. So saying that I'm not physically involved with, with meeting, you know, every client all the time. So that saying that I could leave for a month or two and it, it's fine. It, it'll coast. Um, so I'm going to, see how this kind of plays out with my life now. And, and I may, I'm, I mean, I, I would love, you know, to own five more. Uh, I, I just, I love what it does with the communities. I see, I'll, I'll go, it being a 24 seven, um, I'll go, um, especially in Lineville and, and it's a bigger gym, but I'll go in there some Saturday nights at 9.30 at night, there's 15, 16 or six, 17 year olds in there. And they're mm-hmm. working out and they're having a good time. And I think, yeah, I wasn't doing that. You know, I was out trying to, you know, ride around town and, and do whatever, you know, just right. probably in trouble, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're, they're in there, you know, and that, that makes me feel good that the community, you know, that it's a good thing for them to do. If, if it's an alternative, if, if they don't want to go, you know, see a movie or, or whatever, you know, that night they can go work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that saying that that it, it being my baby, I, I that I want to keep that and instill that too. And it's hard to 
it's harder to let that go. And then it's harder to re reproduce yourself and, and having management that sees your goals to, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, and taking off. Um, that's the trouble with, with opening say two more is I, that I worry about, you know, getting too stretched thin and mm -hmm. not being able to pay them enough attention. So. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tough, you know, as you, uh, start to expand, if you don't have the right people in place, you know, right, to right. make and, sure that everything. Exactly. Well, and without that, that the right component of humanness, um, mm -hmm. you cannot, and on my level, you can't compete with, uh, uh, can I mention other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other business, like planet fitness, you, uh, there's no way I can compete with them monetarily. Um, it, their membership is so low. I mean, people are going to go there. Um, but that's where I, that's where I think I'm, I'm kind of unique. A, I'm in a, I've built an entrance barrier in my, these little towns that planet fitness would never come there because it's, it's not enough clientele mm -hmm. period. But um, if if they did, I still have a a, a culture that I've kind of harbored that I feel that probably Planet Fitness may not have or or um, another you know and that, and I think as gym, as a gym owner if you, if you are a gym owner that's that's one thing you need to look at is 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 being finding your niche in in the community that you're in and 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 stick with that mm -hmm. um we have a, a very very successful crossfit um in our in the county over they are i mean they're killing it and they've been killing it since crossfit came out mm -hmm. and they're the only ones that have survived there, there's been you know probably i'd say over the last 10 years 15 other ones that have popped up and didn't mm -hmm. survive they do but and it's, it's because of their reach into the community mm -hmm. and, and their management it's the you know uh, with crossfit you know you, you see their structures all the same they're you know they're they're all doing the same thing so mm -hmm. then you gotta say you gotta look at them from the outside and say hey what are they doing different and and that is to me that is the key the community outreach get involved with the local you know, and I, it's it's hard to say but make people feel guilty about going like going to get a ten dollar membership at at club fitness or you know wherever you know wherever i'm just naming off right and and mm -hmm. uh, make them they should want to you know say hey you, be friendly you know just like i said build that culture and they'll make relationships within the gym that they they would hate to leave you to go and 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 not see right the workout partner every day you know right yeah and i mean that's the difference you know between those ten dollar a month memberships and a gym like yours you know right. chances right. are when you have that membership you're not using it you know most people have them and don't use them and that's how they thrive because they oversell knowing yes. Yes. that all the people are not going to come to the gym. In fact, the majority of them are not actually going to come to the gym. Um, you know, so that's why that works. Uh, but there's a huge difference between the level of service that you get at one of those types of facilities versus the value that's provided at a place like yours, you know? So I would say like it's apples and oranges, you know, a lot of people like to get caught up in that, um, yeah like competing with their prices, but it's like, you're not, you're not even speaking to the same people, you know, it's right. like yeah. the people yeah. that you're having in your gym 
typically are far more serious about actually reaching their goals, you know, and they don't want that $10 a month membership because they don't want to be in a gym like that. You know, it's like they want to be in a gym like yours. It's a little more serious, you know, so there's enough to go around, enough people to go around. And and, um, we miss out and and I've got to start on on like programs like silver sneakers, things like that for, for older. And um, if, if I don't have a program that other people can benefit from that I know a gym that does down the road, I, I'll send them to a hundred times, you know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I send them business all the time. Right. Um, cause not every client's a fit. For exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and it, it, to me, it's more of a bit, it's more than a business. It is more of a culture and, uh, mm-hmm. and a club, you know, kind of, and, I'm not a clubby guy. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'm not like a, you know, I've never been, you know, one to join things and stuff like that, but I, I like the idea of, you know, you, it's a home. It, right. People, they take care of it. Once you build that culture, they mm-hmm. don't tear up stuff. They don't throw weights. They don't, things like that. So, right. And if, if somebody does, usually somebody else will get onto them. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw that, you know. Exactly. They take care of it. The members take care of it themselves. So, yeah. yeah. It comes from home. You know, it does. Right. All right. So, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media, on the internet? Uh, You know, if they're looking, where can they find you? Well, on on, uh, social media, on Facebook, we're on Heflin Fitness on on Facebook. And then we're at Lionel Fitness on Facebook. Um, that's about it. <laughs> we're on we're on Google um, as Lionel Fitness and Heflin Fitness separate, um, but that that that's it. All right, all righty, perfect. So Chad from Heflin Fitness and Lineville Fitness in Alabama. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you, and, and thank you. Absolutely, <laughs> of course. Bye. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there, and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Joel with BX5 Fitness out of North Carolina. Joel, what's going on, man? Happy Thursday. How you feeling, brother? 
I'm feeling great, man. I'm excited about being on here. Um, it's been a while. Oddly enough, uh, way, 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 way back, I used to try to rock the microphone, and I was used to being on stage in front of people. So it's not completely brand new, but it's been several years. So we'll see how it goes. There we go. There we go. Excited to have you on then, Joel. And look, we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with BX5 Fitness here. But you know, first, Joel, I want to take a step back and, and give the viewers a little perspective, right? In your own words here, Joel, I mean, how would you explain BX5 Fitness and what you guys do? BX5 Fitness is a complete total body uh, boxing experience. So we use boxing as the uh, primary um, calorie burning tool in our workouts. And then we uh, complement that with a series of circuit trainings or core work. And sometimes, um, and we just mix up those two. Sometimes you get a little more circuit work. Sometimes you get a little more boxing work. And then for those people who are really interested in one side of the other, like members who really care about boxing, we can dive in into boxing technique and boxing workouts and mitt workouts. And then people who are or more concerned about general fitness, we can get together, do those private kind of body development workouts where you're targeting different muscle groups or just doing total body workouts to burn calories. So we we encompass it all, but we use boxing as the as, as the tool to kind of get people's heart rates up. And uh, one thing we found throughout this uh, special time that we're in right now, uh, boxing has been incredibly uh, beneficial to people with stress relief and just getting them to get that angst out of that system that's been built up because they've been stuck at home or in different life patterns than they have been in the past. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And I appreciate the explanation there, Joel. Um, and so we'll start with the bare bones basics here. I mean, Joel, how many members are you serving currently? Um, right now, we're we're right around 100 members. It fluctuates to a little bit below, a little bit above kind of from month to month. Uh, summertime is always the hardest time for us. Um, and things tend to pick back up once kids go back to school. So yeah. um, we hope we hope that trend continues. I love that. I love that. And so now at that mark here, right? I mean, well, what's been the best method to get those people through the door, the new people, right? People who, who, how do you get people interested, essentially, right? How do you do that? Yeah. Well, from... Uh, a customer satisfaction perspective, I guess we're doing well because a big component of our membership, uh, people coming through our doors are member referrals, people bringing friends. Um, we do do some work with social marketing, um, a little bit with Google, uh, email marketing, all those, all those things that, you know, most other businesses are doing. But I think the most successful route for us has been uh, referrals and word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's always gonna be a main component, right? I think it's a big driving factor, which is a thanks to your, your fulfillment. Like you said, right? I think you do a good job at your service. In turn, it pays dividends, right? Which it, the dividends are your referrals. So now, I mean, you said you're at around 100 here. So let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things are unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, Joel, I mean, how, how much higher can you go? What, what's well, How much higher than you, can you go than 100? What's capacity looking like? Yeah, that's been a bit of a moving target. So we're, I consider us a special case, right? Because we opened our doors, our first class, uh, January 1st, 2020. So we were in business for about, um, you know, two and a half months before COVID knocked everybody kind of on their heels. So um, your calculations when you open a gym based on, you know, is based on the number of people you can fit in there. And that's kind of been adjusted since 
uh, COVID has become a factor. So I would say right now we're at about half capacity. We could probably go up to 200 comfortably. Um, and if we got to that mark, um, there are some things that we could do to kind of rearrange the space to make more people, to accommodate more people. But I would say 200 is a pretty, uh, pretty good soft cap. Gotcha. Gotcha. So oh, about double. And so, I mean, realistically, even, I mean, I know from being a trainer, it, it was always tough to even track 20, 30 members, 30 clients, whatever you want to say. But I mean, being at a hundred and wanting to double here, I mean, how do you manage these metrics? How do you manage these numbers? How do you know how long someone's been with you when they started? How, how do you track that? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a learning curve. Honestly, it's something that, so when we opened, we've changed our um, backend software a couple of times. So we've used a couple of different tools. So we've done it a couple of different ways. Uh, right now, we don't really have an elegant way to do it. Um, it's really just kind of digging into each member's personal profile, uh, seeing when they've been there, when they haven't been there. Um, and we're getting a little bit better at being able to do it more automatically um, through our databases and through our uh, customer transactions. Yeah, smart. I, mean, I think at the end of the day, again, there's no wrong answers. And I think realistically, as long as you have your method that's working for you, Joel, that's all that really matters. And the fact that you even take it into consideration is the bigger thing, right? It's not like you're just totally thrown to the side. So awesome stuff there, Joel. And so going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself, a good way to kind of self-reflect. So in the fitness and gym industry, we use about three pillars of business pretty predominantly. That's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, right? Getting people interested and through the door. Then you have your acquisition, which is your sale, right? Which is being able to get somebody from being interested to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Joel, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Do I have to pick just one? <laughs> you, you can pick whatever you want. <laughs> I love um, it. I, would I, love say, it. Um, I think the biggest one is the, it's even, it's, it's the ascension. And I think the retention is part of it, but I feel like that one is a little bit, um, harder to gauge begin because again, we're in a special time, right? So if you take into account when we opened, you know, we had acquired about a hundred members um, in our first uh, two and a half months of operation. Wow. Um, then That's once big. COVID hit, we dropped, right? Like it was basically like starting all over. So in North Carolina, we were uh, forced to close, you know, we couldn't do in-person training for several months. Um, and then we had limited uh, capacity inside that we had to contend with. And then from there, we've kind of slowly opened back up, but, you know, COVID is still a factor. And, you know, it seems like uh, our climate is just different now. There's a lot of things happening as far as uh, people's just health and overall ability to congregate that's been challenged with the different um, viruses and, um, and things that are coming about that we probably haven't seen in this way in a really long time. So, um, you know, we've lost people because of those things. And I think, you know, this is new to me, by the way, I'm not, I'm not a long time gym owner, like gym ownership began for me in January 1st, 2020. So I'm learning as I go, but I think it's much harder to reacquire than it is to acquire someone new. So those people that we lost, um, we're trying to get those people back in, but oftentimes if people leave your facility, you're not the first facility that they come back to, I think. I think they try something else first. So um, the 
the keeping clients on board is certainly a challenge and then the ascension getting clients to um to 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 ascend to different purchases different programs is something that we certainly have to do um i think because we're new we've been just focused on getting people through the doors more than anything else and we haven't haven't given a lot of attention to how to get people uh, to new levels new programs uh, to spend more money essentially yeah yeah and I, I appreciate the honesty and transparent there, transparency there joel i think uh when you can put success to the side and still admit that you can still improve i think that's a big thing there um and i understand that completely right i think number one uh the ascension piece and even what you said about reacquiring people i mean it, it's it's selling that belief in them that they don't have right and it's tough, right? To get people to see more value and, and not knowing, or if they don't know that they can actually acquire those goals, right? It's like, so trying to do that is probably one of the hardest things to do. So I appreciate that transparency there, Joel. Uh, I got two more questions for you here. My two favorite questions. Um, what's the bigger picture for you, Joel? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Uh, me personally, or BX5 uh, Fitness? Uh, BX5. I mean, if you want to throw in your, your personal goals too, totally. doesn't matter. Um, BX5 Fitness, ultimately, I'm trying to. So when I started BX5 Fitness, I had a history in, in working with people to challenge themselves physically and mentally, uh, meaning um, I, had a, I had put some programs together that uh, encouraged people to have a little more discipline in their lives. So being more conscious of the things that you eat and also being more conscious of um, how much activity you have in your day, just on a very primitive level, right? Like I'm an old school kind of guy. I, I like to think of the world in old school terms, right? Before all these um, digital platforms were available where imagery and videos were prominent, uh, physical fitness was about your health and your heart condition, right? Making your heart more efficient. Like that was the ultimate goal, making your heart more efficient so you could live longer and have a healthier, stronger life and live life and enjoy life with your family and friends uh, for a longer time. So I kind of think about it from that fundamental level. Um, and then, so I want to, I want to kind of refocus people on that. So I want BX5 Fitness to be a place where it's about just your health not just your physical health, but your mental health, like understanding that physical fitness programs are part of your mental health and being able to live a happy, pleasant, joyful life. Um, and then I want to be able to replicate that in ways that help other people establish businesses as well as help me and my family, um, you know, be involved with life change for other people. I love that. I love that. That's huge. I mean, look, Joel, that was a mic drop of an answer and it would be a good place to wrap it up. But I got one more question for you, man. Um, <laughs> you know, Joel, if uh, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym on January 2020, right? Sit yourself down with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym. What would that advice be for you? Um, I think the main thing I would think of is... Uh, be prepared for competition and knowing that just because you offer something that's beneficial and uh, and meaningful to people, that doesn't mean that people are just going to want to buy it. People are just going to want to do it, right? Like there's a value proposition that you have to present to people and there's a connection with people that you have to uh, establish. And then 
aside from the meaningfulness of the work that you do for other people, you just have to make it um, enticing to people to come and try it, right? It's business. So like I did fitness before I did BX5 fitness. I did a lot of fitness with people where we would just get together and work out. People love the workouts and people would come in and come in and come in and the group would grow and grow and grow, but it was free, right? So when you add that, um, you know, that, that dollar component to it, it changes the game. And so just knowing that um, you have to work to make people understand that what you're offering has value to them and is meaningful to them and it's worth it for them to stay and, and to keep. I love that, Joel. That, that was a mic drop of an answer. I mean, big time, big time. It's a good place to wrap things up in this episode, Joel. But before we sign out, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, most definitely. Please, uh, if you're anywhere all over the globe or if you're in North Carolina specifically, can I say my city? Sure. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're in Burlington, North Carolina. Um, we serve Burlington, Chapel Hill, Durham, Greensboro, uh, Saxon Hall, anyone in that area. If you're looking for boxing fitness, we focus on fitness. You can find us at B as in boy, X, the number five, fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S. -S. You can just Google that. And that's also our Instagram tag. And you can find that on the website at BX5Fit.com. There we go. There we go, Joel. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for one more second, just so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I would appreciate it. Most definitely. Awesome. And, and to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.